It's episode 85 of Off Script with Trish Close, intimate interviews and fun conversations with interesting people. In front of my microphone today, I have Tim Keller. Hello, Hello. Tim. Hello, Trish. We are both a little high on caffeine right now. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> he, uh, he walked in and he said, I said, how you doing? He said, I've had a little too much coffee so far this morning. And I said, me too. This will be a great podcast. <laughs> Don't well, you... if I vibrate back from the microphone, just push okay. me back in. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? I mean, there's a love-hate with that coffee high, right? Because it's, it's like... A, it's a tricky balance. I can conquer the world, and at the same time, you're just like, oh, Conquered. my hands my hands are literally shaking right now. That's why I'm holding mine together. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. You are the <clears throat> chef at Callahan's right now. I am. Uh, I kind of came on as a consultant a couple months ago. I was Mm -hmm. helping with Jacksonville as a consultant, and they needed a little bit more help in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of shifted gears into the kitchen, and I'm full-time there. Okay. We're going to talk a lot about chefing and cooking, and you specifically, because um, I think a lot of people in this valley know you, and they're getting to know you because you're just kind of (laughs) everywhere. I feel like I'm everywhere. Right? <laughs> I'm a little scattered. That's And the caffeine doesn't help. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe hold off on the caffeine. Uh, Tim Keller, where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in Richmond, California, and I grew up uh, pretty much all around the Bay Area of San Francisco. Mostly uh, moved out to Davis. Davis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a lot of people know Davis for the college there. Absolutely. And a lot of winemakers go to UC Davis. Best in the world. Um, so you grew up in Richmond, like that was your childhood? Do you say Richmond, right? Richmond, but I didn't grow up there too much. We we got out of there fairly okay. quickly. <laughs> where where is Richmond? Um, kind of like uh, east of San Francisco ish. Oh, east, north, okay. Northeast. So then you moved where? <clears throat> um, San Francisco, Pleasanton, San okay. Ramon, uh, kind of just the outskirts of that area, and then we moved to Davis when I was seven. Oh, so Davis is kind of home. For Probably you? more so. More I so? I was there more than anywhere else. Gotcha. Um, what was your childhood like, California boy? Um, I was fairly spoiled. I always had a swimming pool and, and sunshine mm. and, you know, good times. That uh, is, you, you were spoiled. Did you did you use your swimming pool? Absolutely. Okay. I, I thought I was Aquaman or, or Flipper, <laughs> if anybody can remember that. Totally. Did you ever have the, when you were swimming by yourself, was it kind of scary? Where you're like, oh no, I was all about it. Okay. It was all I I was a super strong swimmer mm-hmm. and I just I would tread I would actually get my, my mother's bread timer and set it and tread water, see if I could tread water for fifteen minutes or something. I was always the weird kid, love swimming pools to this day. Love I still do handstands and do the mermaid thing. Yep. At forty years old, yes, that Sink is to me. To the bottom, yep. remember that? That's me in the pool. <laughs> but if I was ever swimming by myself, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. Mm. I was like, Oh, what's in the water with me? And then I'm like, There's nothing in the water with you, dummy. Like Well, I always had a big German shepherd around, mm. so I was never really very frightened. Good. <laughs> what was the German shepherd's name? Uh, Bear. Bear and Dan. Aww. Two two different ones. I love it. So um, you grew up spoiled. (laughs) Did you grow up with siblings? (laughs) I have one older brother, six years older. Okay. So you guys played in the pool a lot. Uh, Until he got too old to be cool. cool. Too cool for school? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, What did your parents do? Uh, My father was an AT&T executive, Mm -hmm. and my mother was a a teacher. Nice. Um, Did anybody in your family cook? No, that's why I started cooking. Really? I mean, there was a little bit. Uh, I shouldn't say that totally, um, but my mother is from Minnesota, so everything was from a can for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know asparagus wasn't mushy until, like, 16. Really? Uh, my father cooked bread and, and pate shoes, so cream puffs. When I was Ooh. seven, I made cream puffs, and that was kind of the start. We had a... Uh, uh, an exchange student from France come stay with us, and she taught me how to make crepes, and my father taught me how mm. to make patachou, and suddenly it was like game on. Really, something sparked. Absolutely. How old were you when you had this exchange student? Uh, like six, six and seven, wow. I think. Wow. Okay. And she taught you specifically how to make crepes. Well, all of us in the family. All of us I in think the family. I was most interested. Right. She put our names in the crepe, so when our crepes came to us, mine would say Timmy. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm sold by this. You know, I think she was like 13. With French the crepe girl. batter. Uh huh. She wrote your name with the crepe batter, mm-hmm. and then would like fill it. So let that cook a little bit, and then let fill in the rest. Well, I didn't realize that until later. Okay. I mean, I thought it was magic. I thought, I thought this 
young French girl staying with with us was beautiful and magical, and I was like, I'm, I'm major hooked. crush. Major, yeah. Major crush. Absolutely. Do you remember her name? Uh, Josie. Josie. Where where in France was she from? I have no idea. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't matter, does it? It just no. doesn't matter. So, um, did she also teach you guys how to make pâte shoes? No, not that I remember. Okay, least. I just remember doing that with my father and okay. how I don't know if you've ever done it or people listening have ever done it, but it gets really hard to stir. And I just remember sweating and being like, "Father, aren't I done with this? This is too much work." Yeah. And then it turned out to be well worth it. Right. Uh, Patashu and gogiers, is that a similar batter? It is. Okay. Look ah, at, pretty, pretty good. Look at me. Look pretty at me. Good. My mom makes, um, she has perfected gogiers. Perfected. And they are the most delicious thing, especially right out of the oven. Ugh. And I, I don't make them, but she so, makes them. So my, my favorite part about that is we would make maybe 50 cream puffs or eclairs, mm -hmm. and we would cut them mm -hmm. and pull the filling out of them so we could fill them with uh, cream or whatever. And that filling, when you pull that out, I would save it all, and then I would eat that, and it's like the most buttery, mm -hmm. warm, delicious thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's like, it's not gooey, but it's almost borderline <laughs> it's there. It's moist. Yeah. Yeah, which yes. is a weird term, I know. <laughs> I know. A lot of people hate that word, moist. Let's see if we can say Sorry. moist a lot in this podcast. I'm going to write that down. we got to say moist a lot. Really ick people out uh, today listening to this. So... Parents really didn't cook, so that's where this all came from. The exchange student helped, I'm sure. When when did you start really getting into the kitchen and cooking? Um, professionally or in my home? In your house. So breakfast, mm -hmm. I started taking on breakfast, and that was like I just mastered hash browns and potatoes O'Brien and omelets and all these different things for breakfast because nobody in my family really wanted to cook yeah. breakfast, so I kind of took that over. Did you and cook for everybody? Absolutely. How old were you? Um, I really started mastering at about 11. Wow, that that's was, impressive. That was my thing. And that's when I started cutting school. Um, was a, like 10, 11, fifth and sixth grade when I would say, I'm too sick. And I would stay home and bake cakes. And I thought for sure my father would think I was gay. You know, like, oh my gosh, my son is staying home to bake cakes. Where, where's this going? Mm -hmm. And uh, And it turned out he was right. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, Nothing wrong with that. It's just a moist thought. Yeah, just moist. <laughs> just very moist. Um, well, were your cakes moist? They were. Okay. They were delicious. Delicious cakes. So, I mean, clearly something cooking is drawing you in this. In it always worked. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I play music, and between music and cooking, it just somehow was easy. I started playing the drums at that same time, and I remember turning on the radio and I could pretty much just play to anything. It was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And so cooking was kind of the same. It just was really natural. It made sense to you. It did. Okay. Um, at this point, so when are you skipping school? High school? Middle school? Oh, no, this is like, this is elementary. Oh, dude. Okay. So did you get back yeah. on track? Did they figure out your game or no? No, it was pretty much downhill from there. That's <laughs> really? why I just stayed in the kitchen because I'm like, uh, this is not going so really? well. Really? I mean, I was really, I was in the math, high math class with a couple of the other kids in mm -hmm. sixth grade and I was excelling, mm -hmm. could read really well, all these things. And it just kind of stayed there forever. And I realized, and I tell this to everyone, anybody that knows me knows this about me. I'm seven years old. I, I just stayed at seven. At seven, that was like the best time in my life. Mm -hmm. And I never really wanted to... You're like Get Peter. You're like Peter Pan of the kitchen. <laughs> There's a funny story. He's a little creepy, but yeah, <laughs> or she, he, or I don't know what it is. He, I th well, okay. I'm pretty sure it's a he. <laughs> okay. Peter Pan's great. The idea of Peter Pan. I think all of us have a little bit of Peter Pan in us. Um, sure. There's this. Uh, I have to tell this story, but there's the zipline, crater zipline. Have you mm -hmm. ever done that? Have you? Do you uh, know what I'm talking I'm, about, though? I do. It kind of scares me that kind of stuff. But yes. So uh, they have, I believe, two of the longest zips um, in the state, maybe the country. I don't know. Don't don't quote me on that. But anyways, we went. I took my husband, and we were zipping with an English family. And there was a little boy. There's one line called the Peter Pan because you, as you're going, you can see your shadow in the trees oh, as wow. you go. So they oh, call cool. it the Peter Pan. And it's really cute because we were on another line. This is a really long story. <laughs> long walk for a small drink of water. But um, 
the family, we're on another one and we can see someone go. And the little boy goes, mom, it's Peter Pan. Nice. He's flying Peter Pan. And it was really, really cute in his accent. And I'm just like, oh, fell in love with this English family that was zipping with us. We had such a good time. Anyways, Peter Pan of the kitchen. You go to high school, I'm assuming. I did go to high school. Did you graduate? I did graduate. Okay. Just barely. Barely. By the skin of my teeth. Is it something because you go, this is what I'm doing, so all of this doesn't matter? I'm going to be... I was going to be a rock star. Oh. I was like, I don't even need to worry about anything. I'm going to be driven around in a limo. I'm just going to be... So you were going to go the music route? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. How were you going to do this? Well, just people would see me and oh. be like, oh, yeah. This oh, people just discover you. And, yeah. I mean, it was when I was in sixth grade, still again. So there was a rainy day, and I went across the street, and I got my drums, and I set them up behind the... Uh, on the stage behind the curtain without anybody knowing because I knew all the students were going to come in and eat lunch because it was raining. And when they were all in there, I opened up the curtains with all the lights just like this room and started playing the drums. And they ran and got my mother was a teacher and they're like, Mrs. Keller, your son's playing the drums on stage. She's like, what? And she comes in and there's literally 200 plus kids watching me play the drums. And I was like, yeah, nobody does this. I'm doing this. Wow. Sixth grade. Yep. (laughs) What? Super moist. What? <laughs> Dripping. Just. What on earth made you go, I'm going to I'm gonna play the drums for these kids? Just. That's what I did. That's kind I mean, of, I've that's ballsy. Always, I, I'm, I'm ballsy. Are you? That's what I do. Did you Absolutely. get in trouble for that stunt? No. No? Not at all. Did the kids like it? Absolutely. Were yeah. you just like freeform playing or were you yep. playing a certain? Nope. I was just drum soloing it out. Man. Yeah. It was fun. I can still remember. And I can still remember their faces, like, you know, their mouths just wide open and their eyes open, like, what is happening? What is right. this kid doing? Right. But at the same time, I did all kinds of weird stuff, so they knew. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> most, probably most kids wouldn't do that because you're going to get in trouble. That would be me. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. Unfortunately, I never worried about the rules. You didn't care. No. So did you do stuff like that all throughout middle school and high school, just I little stunts? You still yep. do that. Oh, yeah. I'm entertaining everywhere I go. It's like, Hmm. oh, and that's what I do. I mean, that's why I play music. That's why I cook food for people. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to, if I go to Fred Meyer and I talk to the the checker, I try to inspire them. Like, how's it going today? How's it? Mm -hmm. What'd you have for lunch? How long you been here? You know, oh, your hair looks beautiful. You know, Mm -hmm. something that's just uplifting. Yeah. Talking to people, I think. Making connections is huge. Um, I, I believe chefs, especially chefs like yourself, there is some sort of theatrical performance that goes along with that. I realized when I was at the Carriage House restaurant that I always had to be there because you can't have a magic show without the magician. Mm-hmm. And the Carriage House, so. specifically that kitchen is open. It was a it was Everybody a can watch sure. you do your business, which yeah. is for someone like me is awesome. I love watching fun. people cook, especially talented chefs cook. Well, actually, when I designed that kitchen or the restaurant, we changed the concept. I didn't own it, so we changed it. And originally, I had drawn it where every seat faced the kitchen. Hmm. So that was the show. It was a theater in every seat faced. You helped design that kitchen? I did. I didn't realize that. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Built, when, built it with my own hands. When was that? What year? Oh, geez. Oh, what year? Because I remember when that... Remember, I barely graduated, and you're asking me what year? Yep. <laughs> Come on. Putting you on the spot. Um, well, I remember, because it's now Onyx. Right. But before... Well, but it's back to the Carriage House now, actually. Oh, is it? Because mm-hmm. when it opened, it was the Carriage House at the Noonan Estate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was this just, like, everybody go see this restaurant. It's pretty spectacular. And it's pretty great. It was. I mean, I'm not going to say it isn't now, because it's not really open now, but it was pretty awesome when you guys opened. Yeah. I and mean, you were the main chef there? Oh, yeah. For how long? I think we had about a three-year run. Nice. Um, let's get back to you being a rock star in high school. <laughs> when did you okay. realize that that you wasn't... You jump on the table right now? <laughs> well, did I you... will. Okay. Did you... <laughs> Just so you know. I am not going to put that past you, so let's hold off on that okay. maybe till the end. All right. Um, when do you realize that it's not going to work out? Or you know, have you not I'm realized still... that yet? Oh, my gosh. Am I'm I breaking still... the bad news to you? <laughs> You know, it's actually, I was just thinking about writing a book on that uh, a couple years ago, how it is to realize you may never achieve your dreams, Mm. you know, and that's a, that's a, we all have dreams and to realize maybe they're not going to pan out 
that's that's tough. And that I don't know really how you tough. really get over that. If you really dedicated your life and like this is going to happen, and then you realize like, wow, this is not going to happen. That's that's interesting. So I still don't give up. I still write songs. I've written over, I think I'm up over 450 songs now. Hmm. I play eight instruments. I still do all this stuff. Am I any good? Probably not. I'm probably like the greatest closet musician ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I still play. Mm-hmm. I play. Um, like the Armory or Daddios when it was there or nice. different places around. I'm in a two-piece band called SIP, Survive in Peace. Look us up uh, with my friend Ben Abin. Very cool. Yeah. I think that kind of hit me in the gut when you said that because I, I think a lot of people do have that. If I could go back, I would have done this. I tell very few people this, and I can't believe I'm saying this right now. <laughs> I, I wanted to be on Broadway. Like when I was very young, and I was you still could. always in theater. Still could. I could, but you're I still just... in the game. I mean, you're still almost doing the same. Practice, uh, sure. Yeah, reading news about impeachment trials and Broadway are a little different. Maybe if I sang, I don't know. are they? <laughs> maybe if I sang the news about, there you impe- go. yeah, I could. Maybe so. Um, no, but I get that. And there's this. I think as we get older and we get further away from it, it probably does become a little bit more heartbreaking. However, I have found new dreams. Absolutely. Right? So yep. you find new things that you shoot for. Yeah, and, and have you thought this? Because I think this, where if something was different, would you change it? I kind of like being who I am. Even though mm-hmm. I, I'm facing some of these things, I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. One thousand percent, because I also think, let's say I did go to Broadway and I was somewhat successful. Um, that's a tough life. You know, you're you're living in a city. You're always poor. I get chills when you say that because you're right. I yeah. mean, it's it. Yeah, I, I have a friend and he said this change one thing, change everything. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. you may not have the relationships you have. You may not be the person inside you right. are. All these things. So there's a reason. There is a reason. I do. I believe in that so much. There's a reason why you take this path or this path. Do you do you go to culinary school? I did. Okay. When? Right out of high school or these dates. Come on, Trish. Well, give me a a roundabout. (laughs) Out of like right out of high school, fresh out of high school? Um, I was so I decided I was gonna be a music teacher. That's what I wanted to do. And so I went to college Mm -hmm. to be a music teacher, Mm -hmm. realizing it's super hard, mm-hmm. and there are no jobs. And I'm like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? Especially with music programs. Oh, yeah. Tanking. And so then I thought, well, I had been a hotshot out of Davis for the fire department. And I thought, well, maybe I'll join the fire department. So I started taking fire technology courses and this and that. Well, I wound up having a problem with my eyes, and I became I couldn't really do that. And so I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Well, I've always worked in restaurants. I've always liked food. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine at a restaurant just was going to go to culinary school. He's like, you want to go? I'm like, sure, I'm in. And it was a three-year program. So it was like full-on commitment. Mm-hmm. And that was that. Even though in the end, I really didn't learn very much at culinary school. I learned how to be clean-shaven and on time and those kind of things. I went and worked with a couple of master chefs. And that's when I was like, you know, I was learning, I always say this, I learned more, like this one guy, Albert Torsman, chef I should call him, I learned more in one day than I learned in three months in culinary school. I mean, it was that. So I tell everybody, you want to do this or that, go work for somebody that's a master. Mm-hmm. Just carry the cement. You want to mm-hmm. be a sculptor, carry their cement, and you'll learn more, I believe. You didn't learn anything in culinary school because did you know already a lot of that stuff? That's probably true. Okay. Because you worked in restaurants. Did you cook in restaurants? I did. Okay. And and also, I just knew inside. Again, I just kind of had a natural thing. You're like, I get it. Thing. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of, you're starting at the basics, right, and going through. And really, a lot of that I, I mm-hmm. kind of knew. So I was kind of bored, and I got amazing grades, and I was really only there half the time. <laughs> really? You'd find me in the rehearsal rooms, you know, in colleges where they have the pianos uh-huh. in the rooms. Uh-huh. I'd be in there. Playing? Mm-hmm. Playing instruments? Playing piano. Playing mm-hmm. piano. Um, and what master chefs did you work with for? 
Um, well, I worked with an Australian chef called Dennis Clues, which uh, was really amazing at a hotel called the uh, Lafayette Park Hotel. And Where was that? In Lafayette, outside of uh, like East San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridges Restaurant, the Mrs. Doubtfire movie. Um, that that restaurant yes. in there. I'm in the movie. If you ever looked, I see. shut up. I'm Are in you the really? Kitchen. I am. I just sent a picture to a friend of mine, uh, a screenshot the other or this morning. And uh, yeah, so if you look in the kitchen, uh, I'm in the in the kitchen with with Robin. And did you meet was, him? I only met him on set. Mm-hmm. So he was dressed like the like Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. and they would say, "Okay, Robin, we're ready for you." And he would come out. And I just remember him grabbing a sausage that we had on the table, and he's all, oh, whatever your lady needs. And he kept walking down the, the, the line. He goes, don't let your meat loaf. Nice. <laughs> classic. Very classic Robin Williams. I mean, there right? were so many great scenes that they didn't put in there. Really? And, I mean, like 30. They just kept mm-hmm. doing it. And that's when I realized, wow, that's hard work. Because it's like the same thing over and over and over and over. And you have and to bring over. the same energy yeah. or more. Yeah. With every take. Um, was he cracking you guys up in the kitchen? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. he's just, I mean, he's Robin Williams. Right, right. Larger, yeah. I mean. Always on. Always on. Mm-hmm. And you saw that just by oh. him working. I get Aww. chills. Again. That's really special. Yeah. That's really special. Yeah, it was fun. Um, um, and then Albert Torjman was the real master. So if anybody, I, I talk about this lineage. Like, so when you, you know. Beethoven and, and mm-hmm. down, you know, so like these things. So uh, Albert was a disciple from um, Paul Bacuse, who was from Escoffier, who was, Escoffier was the French chef. Like he was the guy that actually made restaurants what they are today by mm-hmm. having different cooks and servers and all these kind of things. Um, so it was really only four, uh, you know, I was the fourth from this line of master chefs. And so it was amazing to learn from him, which was incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. I cried. I was 21 years old, coming mm-hmm. from Bridges, and I literally cried for two weeks straight when I left. And I was gonna quit. I'm like, I'm out of here. This guy is ridiculous. But I wanted him to know I could do the job mm-hmm. before I quit. So first of all, before we get okay. to that, what makes someone a master chef? Um, when they can do anything off the top of their head, that's okay. what I believe. When they can just, just, and like a really, uh, like really fast paced with a very high meticulous standard. You know, when you mm-hmm. see the results are like nearly perfect, but it's so fast, you're like, okay, that's amazing. Is it like a certification, or is it just years of experience, or like, I mean, does someone name you are Master Chef? They do. Okay. But are they? Right. So, eh, you know, there's uh-huh. a little bit. I mean, there are definitely master chefs, and they are masters, and they've been. So it's a reputation? A, yeah, and I think, uh, again, it's, it's from the heart. I mean, there's different master chefs that are at different levels, mm-hmm. right? And why are they at different levels? Just because of their understanding of it, okay. perhaps. Okay. Like a painter, okay. a, a music artist. They're all special, but somehow they all have their own little twist. So you're working with Albert? I was name? at that point. Yeah. At Bridges. I uh, know that was at the Flying Saucer okay. in San Francisco. And you you said this is this is where you cried for two weeks. Oh yeah. Because he lost was tough. Twenty pounds in one month. He and was I tough. Was skinny. Oh yeah, the guy okay. was ridiculous. Well, what do you mean by that? Like, I mean, how tough? How tough are we talking? Like, tougher than anybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. I mean, just abusive mm-hmm. language. Like, you know, I can't say the things mm-hmm. here. You know, I mean, just just ridiculous and I do remember my first shift where literally it was my first shift and he was cooking this big bowl of creme anglaise and if anybody knows creme anglaise it's like a ice cream base it was an ice cream base Mm -hmm. but it was on the grill it was on a 600 degree grill behind me which most people do it over boiling water simming water to make sure it doesn't burn and he yells at me all of a sudden why aren't you watching this and I'm like what is happening like what are you looking at oh my gosh that's on the grill like what are you doing and he's just super mad at me and then I watched him take this and he had seven bowls in this other room Mm -hmm. and he poured the glaze into seven bowls and made seven different flavors of ice cream in like 30 minutes and that's when I was like I mean I'd never seen anything like that nobody's I mean I've told that story and everybody's like what Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. so it was just like instantly like okay something's going on here right 
a little intimidated. Oh, geez. He was so intimidating. Yeah. He made you feel like an inch tall. Do you think that's just who he was, or was that his personality, or was that his method, his method of madness? You would use that exact term. There's a method to the madness. He used to call me Timothy Leary. Timothy Leary, there's a method to the madness. He would always say that to me. And, And he's, yeah, he wanted, what I realized, he wanted me to be strong. And he, he would say to me, you should be able to cook and do what we do if Vietnam was going on around you. Just stay focused. Hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, we went through, I just said this to a cook yesterday, we went through 47 cooks in three months. 47. And he'd go, Trish, Trish, look at, look at Brian over there. Look, look, Trish, look. I don't think so. Uh, look at him. And I realized he was pressuring them to see if they had the strength. And most of them would just put their knife down and walk out. Wow. Wow. But you stuck it out. I did stick it out. Did he get nicer to you? He did. So so it seems to me this is, like you said, a method to his madness. And he's obviously teaching you something. He's the general, right? He's the general in the kitchen. And you are his soldiers. And he's got to make sure that you're ready for dinner time. (laughs) Yep. Go time. Go time. And, you know, that was an open kitchen there. Open kitchen. We would have Joe Montana and Garfunkel and all kinds of really big celebrities. Mm-hmm. Literally, as close as we are right now, mm-hmm. they would be eating dinner mm-hmm. right next to me. And so it's a big deal. Do you think, did you see the switch? Like, you're sticking it out. You're just, like, going in there defeated every day, but you're not giving up. Do you see the switch in him at some point? I saw the switch in myself. I don't know if I actually saw it within him. Mm-hmm. I saw it within myself to where all of a sudden I understood the passion behind it. I understood why he was so obsessed with it. And before it was just a job. Like, I'm just taking a job. I'm trying to learn more. This is an amazing place. I'm going to work there. And then suddenly I'm like, it's deeper. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, we're peeling the asparagus. Why? Oh, so the tips cook at the same time as the stems. Yeah. I never knew that. You know, in all these different little things, nuances. Well, I think when you're passionate about something and someone comes in who's wanting to do what you do and they don't share that passion, I'm going, get out. Get the hell out. Like, if you don't, if you don't <laughs> like share. How moist are you? Ex- yeah, just right? beat it. <laughs> beat it. If you're not going to be as passionate, and that goes with cooking, that goes with being a journalist, that goes with winemaking or being a librarian. I mean, if you're not going to have this passion and you're not going to share that with me and work as hard as I, there's the door. And you don't even need to work as hard as I do because I probably am over the top on that. You probably are too. Mm-hmm. Some of us out there I know are. But you're right on that passion. Mm-hmm. I've said that for a long time. If you sell shoes and you love selling shoes, I want to buy my shoes from you because Amen. it feels good. Men. Yes. <laughs> yes. I Hallelujah. Wanna, <laughs> hallelujah. I want to buy I want to buy my my coffee in the afternoon from from the gal who loves selling coffee in the coffee stand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, feels good. it does and it feel goes good. back to that Spreading that, like Mm -hmm. I said earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, and just spreading the joy of life. You know, life is hard. Mm -hmm. Life is hard. We don't need to be reminded, like, ah, geez, Mm -hmm. I hate my blah, blah, blah. It's like we're all struggling a little bit. All of us are. Yeah. Let's just enjoy it. Let's be kind. Let's be nice. Let's make connections. So you, this is Flying Saucer Mm. in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of cuisine? Out of this world. (laughs) Nice. I mean, it was. It really was. He was French. He was 50% French. His father was fr- all French, 100%. And his mother was 100% Moroccan. Ooh. So we had spices and all these yeah. flavors of Morocco combined with French technique. Classic French and technique. And then you took it to a LSD-driven showdown. Or, awesome. You know, so everything, that was back when vertical cooking, when mm. everything was 10 feet tall. High. And stacked and... You know, the, the servers would be like <laughs> on pins and needles taking it out to the table, so afraid to drop something. Um, how long do you work here at this restaurant, Flying Saucer? I only worked there for about almost a little less than a year. Okay. And I was going to quit at one point, like six months in, seven mm-hmm. months in. And I'm like, Albert, I realized I was making $2.30 an hour. And I'm like, you know, Albert, I, I can't do this with the traveling. I lived in Lafayette. I was traveling into San Francisco, the bridge, the parking, yeah. the hours. I was working like 14 to 16 hours a day. And I'm like, I, I can't do this, Albert. And he's like, well, what if I paid you 500, you know, this is years ago, $500 a week cash, and I gave you $1,000 right now? 
And I'm like, I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. You I know? just need to survive, man. And I stuck it in for another three months, and then I went and opened my own restaurant. Where was that? That was in Ashland. Ashland, Oregon. Good old Ashland, Oregon. Here why, I come. Why Ashland? Uh, interesting story. So I don't know why, but I was going to open up a restaurant somewhere, and I wanted to do the food that I do. So, you know, people had to be kind of affluent with that. Mm-hmm. So I was looking around, and I couldn't afford San Francisco or yeah. somewhere else. I had just a minimal amount of money. And so I toured Oregon. I toured a uh, little bit of Utah. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of made this circle. New Mexico, mm-hmm. back around California. And I couldn't really – Colorado Springs. I almost had a place in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. Um, but got nothing and went back home and there was a paper that was left from before I left six weeks ago. And I looked at it and said, out of state businesses, Ashland, Oregon, 50 seat restaurant. And I'm like, what? How did I not see that? And so I called immediately and they were like, oh, we just got an offer. And I'm like, what? I, I, I'm super interested in this. And they're like, well, drive up and make an offer. And so I did. I literally got back in my car, drove up made an offer. It was only first and last month's rent. Wow. And the next thing you know, I had a restaurant. restaurant. Where where was this? What building? Um, this is on First Street. It's where Amuse Restaurant is now. Oh, interesting. So if you ever go to Amuse and you look on the patio, I built the patio, and you'll see my name. is got the date and Tim Keller. What year was this? You and the years. I got, I need a, I need a ta- like a reference. Like, is this the 80s? Is this the 90s? This is the 90s. I want to say it's uh, like 93, I okay. think. Okay. I think I was 23, and it was 1993. And you're like getting a loan? I had $20,000, and I had no loan, and I opened it up. Wow. Grand. Wow. What inspired you to do your own restaurant at 23 years old? Did you just want, to, I, did you just want your own thing? I've always wanted my own thing, mm-hmm. right? That's, mm-hmm. I'm just a, that's how I go. I'm a Leo. Some people have been talking about astrology lately to me, and they're like, well, you're a Leo. You're an alpha. That's why, you know, <laughs> that's why I'm a jerk. <laughs> you're not a jerk. It's all about me, okay? <laughs> Actually, it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. But uh, I, I really just wanted to uh, – the other thing I liked was uh, – experimenting. And so I really just wanted a laboratory to just expend, what did I just say? Experiment. Experiment. That's the word you're looking for. You're welcome. That's the one I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And I'm like an inventor, I think. And I always like coming up with things new. And I thought I had a skill that people would like. Uh, What was the name of your restaurant? Called the Firefly. The Firefly. Which meant a lot of people like flies and this and that. But it really meant to me that you need things on the fly in the restaurant, you're like, oh my gosh, we're supposed to have a lobster to table 10. We need that on the fly, you nice. know? Nice, And then everything's cooked with fire. Mm. And so that was it. Firefly. Firefly. I like it. My favorite restaurant lingo is 86. Yeah, right? Yeah, we got an 86, the aioli. Yeah. You're 86, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, what kind of food are you cooking at the Firefly? Uh, same kind of fire, uh, flying saucer food. Really? really, I mean, just everything. I had sushi. I had Greek. I had, I mean, that was every dish basically on the menu was from a different region, and then obviously with with a Northwest twist. Was this like fine dining? It was. Okay, okay. How long did you have the Firefly? Eight years. That's a good run. It was. Were there ever bad years? Oh, every year was bad. <laughs> How so? <laughs> Uh, so much stress, so much stress, so much demand on myself, you know, financially, emotionally, uh, I was in it with my wife at the time that was, you know, so you have a spouse that's Mm -hmm. not doing what you think, which is hard enough at the grocery store, let alone in a, Mm -hmm. in a restaurant. Was she helping? Um, oh yeah. She was in the pantry, uh, and doing pastries and, and then we started having children and. You know, it just started getting more and more complex. That's a lot. That's a lot. So. And not only are you the chef, but you're also the boss, the owner, right? Everything. So you're having to do, you can't just be in the kitchen and be in the kitchen. Right? Right. I'm all, I'm, which is what I still do today. That's why I consult and do different things because I'm, actually what it is for me, I, I, I have a business I call Hospitality with Heart. 
because it's hospitality. It's over. It's this umbrella that's, I want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Welcome. I want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I want to serve you great food. I mm-hmm. want you to smile. I want you to laugh. I want you to remember this moment with me. And then go off to the other parts of your life. Uh, do you decide to just close down or sell it? Uh, we had uh, the incident of 9-11. So 9-11 mm-hmm. happened, and we had just had our second child, and I didn't have any capital left. People stopped going out to eat for a while because they After were, 9-11? Yeah, they were con- you know, conserving their, their flow, their cash mm-hmm. flow. And uh, I'm, I just had too many bills, and so I had to close down. Mm. So heartbreaking. <laughs> Another dream. <laughs> oh, you are so full of it. Was that heartbreaking, though? Was that sad? It must have been because I drank a lot. <laughs> yeah? A little depressed? I had like $4,000 worth of wine inventory when I closed, and I probably drank that in a week or two. Fantastic. Yeah. It, was, it was a delicious run. <laughs> um, what do you find yourself doing at this point? Restaurants closed. Um, I, I went and applied at the Jacksonville Inn. At the Jacksonville Inn, I realized they had this amazing wine list, but their food was, eh. And I'm like, I could probably help you with this. And so I applied for a position. And Jerry, Jerry Evans there always mentioned this. Uh, you know, it says desired salary in the application, right? And I put $10 an hour. And he's always like, why would you put $10 an hour? And still to this day, I'm a fool. But it's really not about the money. It's about the potential. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. You get the job. I get the job. Jay Villain. Are you head chef? After about a week. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, I just got hired on, and then I had a little altercation with one of the cooks. And I didn't, you know, I, the little bit of Ooh. Albert started to come out of me. What kind of altercation? <laughs> did you fist fight in the kitchen? I wanted to. Really? I, I took him out in the dining room, and I'm like, this is going to happen right now. I'm going to kick your ass. And <laughs> and the owner, or actually this other guy, Mike Higgins, that was going to buy it at the time, came down. He's like, what's happening? And I'm like, well, I'm going to kick Norm was his name. I'm going to kick Norm's ass. Oh, Norm. What did Norm and do to make you so bad? Norm. I think he was sabotaging me. Oh. It felt like it, at least. Maybe he wasn't, and I was just sensitive. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there. But I was super moist over the whole idea. <laughs> and so... Uh, and then, yeah, so then it turned out that we weren't going to fight, but I was going to be the chef and he was going to listen to whatever I demanded. Did he? More or less. How long was yeah. he there? Maybe another year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you guys get along after this? Did you play nice? Not really. No? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're the boss, so who cares, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially. Do you do you change up anything on the menu? Oh, yeah. Really? I mean, I, so my approach to it was... So this is like early 2000s, right? 2002, I believe. Okay, okay. Um, is that right? I don't know, something like that. Four or two. I don't know, I told you. We'll just make stuff up. That, That's so. fine. It's all good. Two and a half. Um, anyways, uh, so I decided, you know, let's just do... Which is what I'm doing at Callahan's right now, even. Mm-hmm. You already have this menu in place. Let's just make it well executed. Let's just make what we have and do it really well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll grow from there. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you were around at that point or people saw I had just moved here in 2002. So we had best restaurant in the area five mm-hmm. years in a row mm-hmm. at that point. Sure did. And I created a really great team where Will Shine and uh, Billy Busher and some other great local. Wow, yeah. They were just kids. They were kids, and I was teaching them. And, and it feels, I get chills when I think about it. Like, I inspired them just like Albert inspired me. And... Just like Albert inspired me by fear, I probably did the same thing with those kids. Will's now the chef at Tap and Vine, mm-hmm. and Billy's the chef at Lark's, mm-hmm. executive chef, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you tough in the kitchen? No. Are you Albert? No, no, I'm, I'm so moist. I can't. <laughs> I'm like a moist toilette yes. in the corner. Yes, I could actually, I mean, I don't want to say... I could see that about you, though. What? Being... Moist? Being, <laughs> being a... Being like a little hard on the outside, but super squishy in the middle. Like you're That's probably true. You have you have your rules. This is how you want your kitchen to be run, but you're not an ass about it. Oh, I've definitely been an ass. 
Okay. Uh, I take that last statement back. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think you're right though. I'm very sensitive. I'm very I'm a very sensitive human being, and I have this shell that I put out there to make sure I'm protected. But I also see that you really get a kick out of inspiring and teaching. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually have a picture on my phone that I, I'm too busy to post. I need to post it where the power went out at Callahan's recently, and somebody took a picture of me teaching. So there I am, kind of in the dark. You can see me, and I'm still, you need to do it this way because mm-hmm, of this. Mm-hmm. You know. And I always have a reason. Like, that's the one thing with Albert. There wasn't a reason behind just just do it this way because I told you so. And right. you're like, oh, and you figure out later why. Versus now, I can kind of explain. Like, mm-hmm. if you do this, it's going to save you or right. whatever it is. Right. It's not just doing it this way because it's my way. It's mm-hmm. doing it this way because it's the correct way to do it. And it's a little of your way, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, how long are you at J. Villain? Uh, I don't know, about six years or something like that. I, I kind of left. I helped open up the Ashland Springs Hotel. Mm-hmm. And so I left for a little bit, helped them open that. And then I went back to the Jacksonville Inn for a little bit. And then I uh, opened up the Carriage House. Okay. After that. And then after Carriage House? After Carriage House, I went to Troon. And I cooked at Troon for about a year and a half, maybe. And then I went to work at Harry and David. And I was the executive chef for Harry and David, which then I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to be you. Mm-hmm. I was on TV. I was getting flown around uh, showcasing Harry and David products on the news and different things. And I'm like, I'm going to be the next celebrity chef. Here it comes. Here it comes. In fact, I was high-fiving all the news anchors everywhere. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be known as the high-five chef. This is going to be so awesome. Uh, and then it kind of, 1-800-Flowers came. They were like, why do we have a chef? And different things oh, happened. Oh, really? So I had to kind of switch gears. I know. You hear that out there, 1-800-Flowers ruined Come it. Come on, Jim. They we ru- were friends. They killed your dream. <laughs> um, so you switched gears. Was that, I mean, you, I mean, let's, let's be real, though. This was a path you really wanted to go down, and it didn't work out. Like, you were, like... Uh, uh, with the high, the yeah, high the high five, five chef. chef. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would. I mean, t-shirts, everything. Can't you see it? It'd I can. So fun. Yeah, you're like your own marketing guy. Well, that's it. I mean, I think that I come up with ideas. I have a song, uh, one of the songs I wrote, and it's only one line in the entire song, which is the light bulbs are in my head, and I just have so many ideas. I I need like an assistant to just keeping, and I have notebooks all over because I just have these ideas that just keep coming out all the time, so. It's insane in this little. It's insane it's in your brain. It's not easy being me. <laughs> um, after one eight hundred flowers comes in and kills your dreams of being high five chef, what do you do next? I went back to drinking. No. Really? No, no. Well, sort of. I actually was kindering a relationship with Dan Marka at Danson, mm-hmm. um, and we had talked. He was looking for a, a, a cook or a chef at that point, and I'm like, you know, Dan. Maybe I'll just come work for you. And so I left Harry and David knowing I had this opportunity with Dan. Mm-hmm. And as I'm sure everybody knows, that's a premier uh, vineyard and winery there. Dan it's a pretty and great Cindy, winery. They're the best. I mean, And they're, so, they're pretty wonderful people. They're, I get chills. And I, and I know, Dan, I'm supposed to call you. You called me yesterday, and I haven't. So I'm sorry. I haven't Ooh. called you today. My phone, my SIM card went out on my phone. I wasn't even sure if I'd make it here today because I'm like, where am I going? And I can't call. Oh, that was weird. Anyways, uh, but Dan is super meticulous, and so am I. I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, anybody who's been to that vineyard knows, like, every detail is perfect. Yes. And that's I love that. So, so. you know the, the bar inside where all the wine bottles are, mm-hmm. and Dan likes them all to be turned a certain way. Absolutely. When my husband and I used – I mean, we still go all the time. But <laughs> you better. We, <laughs> we, we would like to go in the bar and say hi to Dan. And, and you'd move the bottles around? He, My husband would. Turn Shut all the bottles. What are you doing? All of them. What are you doing? And Dan would just come back and just you could see like the fire <laughs> in his eyeballs. Like, who did this? And did he ever know? Yeah, he always okay, knew his check. Because yeah. I was gonna rat him out right no, now. No, he always <laughs> anytime we go and we're in there, he's turning the bottles just That's to irritate Dan. Oh, I don't know. I'm just like, That's please good. stop. Yeah, but no, it's uh, all about fun. Dan and Cindy are two of the just the most wonderful people. The best. 
wonderful. And they really family to me. Well, and I was just going to say, you just brought up the word family. They consider their customers family. That tasting room and their their winery is an extension of their living room. Yep. And that's the same philosophy. That's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, It's the same thing I've always had. I do. And that's why it was a really great fit to be there because, yeah, same same team. Mm -hmm. Um, You're only at Danson, though, for a short time. Maybe a year and a half or okay. something like that. Okay. And then help me. You go to Lark's? I go to Lark's mm-hmm. as a dining room manager. Um, at that point, I'd been cooking for so long, uh, my hands were starting to wear out, and I just needed a break. So I became dining room manager to get out of the kitchen for a while. and thinking maybe my longevity would be in the restaurant world or hotels, mm-hmm. but maybe not with a knife in my hand all day. So you said your hands started to wear out, mm-hmm. like arthritis type stuff, or? I've had really bad carpal tunnels since I was 19. Really? When I worked, like with Albert, I would wake up at like two or three in the morning and my arm would be numb all the way up to my neck and just throbbing. And I would have to go take showers at two in the morning to try to get my blood circulating. And, and I'd be up, you know, cooking again soon enough. So yeah. uh, it's been a long go. On that. And that's a thing with a lot of chefs, right? That's yeah, a thing. And and what I always hear, and this is why I've never done it, you know, I hear people have the surgery and they're like, okay, you're good. As long as you never do that anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what? What surgery? Like, what's the point? Like they, I think they open up the, the canal in there or yeah. the something, you know, I don't know, but I know a lot of people do it. Um, I think it pinches the nerve. Like somehow there's something in here that pinches the nerve to mm-hmm. your hand. But mine is actually in my neck. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you took my pulse and you move my arm back about here, there's no more pulse. Hmm. And that's just from years of... Being a vampire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Chopping. Yeah. Peeling. You know what I really... This. Mm. And I play the drums and I do all these things and it's all... That's why I have really bad posture. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to say anything. I know. You do have really bad posture. chin off the table? (laughs) You know, it's like super bad. I couldn't even concentrate on anything you were saying because I'm like, man, Tim's got horrible posture. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) So dining room manager at Lark's, does this give you a break, a much needed break from the kitchen? Do you miss the kitchen? Are you watching these guys in the kitchen? You're going, you're not doing it right? Of course. Of course you are. Of course. And uh, But do you enjoy the break? I'm learning new skills, mm-hmm. so that I always love to learn, and so, and and I really love people. I loved being out on the dining room floor. Like mm-hmm. I have a perfect track record mm-hmm. of, hey, table ten, they have a problem with this or that. Tim, we need you to go save the day. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could have been a two foot long hair in the food, and somehow they walk out of there like, totally satisfied, and mm. and I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, because. We're honest, right? I mean, let's just yeah. be honest and have fun. And sometimes your hair gets in your food. It happens. Right. That's why whenever I have people over and I've cooked for them, I say if there's a long red hair in your food, it's, it's Chuck's. That's <laughs> 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 oh, so gross. But if you think about it, I mean, it is, it's gross, but at the same time, it, it's going to happen, right? Or should it not happen? Should that should never not, happen? It should never happen. Ne- you should never find hair in your food? No. I, I mean, we're I've human. I've never had that happen. Uh, of course, I when I had my restaurant, say, and even after Jacksonville, my hair was shaved. I shaved all my right. hair um, just to make sure. Not really make sure, but it's so, so hot and all that good stuff. And I wasn't trying to impress anybody with my, my gorgeous locks or right. anything. Right, um, But, yeah, that's like the biggest fear is somebody finding something in the food that shouldn't be there or texture or anything that's like, you know, it has to be perfect. Are there any – have you ever experienced any huge faux pas in the kitchen, either from you or from someone on your staff? Absolutely. Like what? Daily almost. Like what? Like what? I can't even say. I don't want to say that. No, like let's say from years ago. Okay, well – this never, like, it's just something that was just... You I'll just, just say like, something that was slightly devastating, but, I mean, there's millions of them probably. But one that always stuck with me is I had cut myself, and I had a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. And I plated a bunch of foods, salads. I remember plating a bunch of salads, and all of a sudden I looked down, and I had no Band-Aid. And I'm just like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was just... I was freaking out. 
I mean, did and your then I heart found the band-aid. did your heart like literally go into your gut? Oh, I'm dying. I mean, I think like this is it. Like this is my career right here. Like my whole career just went down the toilet with this band-aid. And uh, I, I've I've interviewed a number of chefs, and I know the number one thing for all of you is that you're all OCD. <laughs> you're super, super. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're super. Can you move that just a slightly there? <laughs> Wait, turn it like that. Um, you're high. I mean, regimented and structured, and it's clean, and everything's got to be just, just pretty much perfect in the kitchen. And so, for something like that to happen, yeah, that could be devastating, beyond devastating. It's the worst. It was the worst. Mortifying, and. Uh, I mean, I feel it. I feel it for you. It's the coffee. <laughs> you found the Band-Aid, though. I did. So luckily, it, it all worked out, but it was probably like an hour of just, wow, this is not happening. Where did you find the Band-Aid? On the counter. I found it. No, I found that on the ground. It was like on one of the kitchen mats. Oh. And I'm like, oh, there it is. <gasps> oh. But. What's really bad is when you're um, – these are for the home – the kid, like the home kitchen chefs. When you're grating cheese and you grate off a fingernail <laughs> and then you can't find the fingernail, that's disgusting. Not to mention – I don't know if that sounds like personal experience, but it also hurts. It hurts really bad. Yeah, I've probably grated off a fingernail <laughs> maybe twice. That's just how you trim your nails now. Right? Yeah, you're I'm like, like – uh, Where's the grater? They're getting a little long. Let's grate some cheese. <laughs> Um, it's really fine. It looks just like Parmesan. It's so gross. Fine. Ew, it's so gross. Ugh. All right, let's move on. Um, so you're at Lark's, but you're enjoying yourself or you're not enjoying yourself? Do you want to get back in the kitchen? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a battle. Um, my mind is battling, like, my longevity. This is much easier on my hands. I'm learning new skills. My potential, I thought maybe like a food and beverage manager at a big hotel someday mm -hmm. or something like that. I'm thinking, well, maybe this would be good. But inside, my heart's like, this is not what I do. This Just is not what longing, I do. longing looks towards the kitchen and the soft music would play. I mean, I was back there all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure making, you were. I, I would bring my own lunch, and then I'd make tacos for everybody in the kitchen, or I would make soup for everybody in the kitchen, and mm. I just couldn't help but yeah. be in there. Right. What comes after Lark's, though? Because you're not – how long are you at Lark's doing this? Dining room manager. Uh, I think I was there almost two years, year and a half, two years. Is there, before you answer the, that question, mm -hmm. is... I already did. Is there... I well, I asked you what came after Lark's. Oh, okay. I tend to ask a whole... I'm like a machine gun of questions. <laughs> um, is that why I'm wearing this vest? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Safety first. Um, is there burnout? Is that a real thing? Yes. Um... I don't like to face that, I think, and it takes a lot for me to get there. I think, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I put in 100 hours work, or each week, 100 hours. So I'm at like 200 hours this couple of weeks. I'm slightly there, right? Like, I, I just perform better if I have, all of us perform better if we have a little. A little extra stress? Well, just some me time, you know, some me yes. time to do the laundry even, or yeah. to do, you know, just. Just decompress. Self, the self-care. The self-care. Yeah. Chefs don't have much self-care. It seems is, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that a lot of chefs, especially locally, tend to job hop, kind of bounce around from kitchen to kitchen. Yeah. Why I, is that? I don't know. And I don't like it. I feel ashamed to even be part of that, actually. Because um, I don't want to accuse you of job hopping, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, I'm, do you know what I'm saying? Like a year, think, a think, year and a half here, a year and a half there. Do you get bored? I do. I have a really hard time being content. I think, and that's something I mentioned to a dear friend of mine a couple of years ago. Of just like, I have a hard time being content. And they're like, Well, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. Hmm. You know, you, know you want to be in a kitchen. I want to be on the stage. I'm going to be on your table right now. Okay. Rocking it out. I think there's something in your future. Maybe like a sort of a speakeasy where you can cook and then play and then. I thought about that. Well. Yeah. It's not too late. It's not too late. See? That's keeping the dream. Keeping the dream alive. You should have yeah. brought a guitar. Do you play the guitar? I play an instrument. You yeah, should have brought your guitar. You, you know Jeff Shepard. Do you know Jeff Shepard at Lily Bell? 
I do. He brought yeah. his guitar and he sang to me. What? Yeah. Jeff. I was already so, jealous of Jeff. Now this, I'm even more jealous of Jeff. This Jeff. interview is so lame. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but ser- <laughs> but seriously, seriously, um, do you think it's because you you said you get you get bored? Do you see other chefs doing the same? I mean, I see chefs. They're here, and I'm like, oh yay, they're at that restaurant. And then before I know it, they're gone, and they're at a different restaurant. I don't know. I really don't know. And it's it's slightly disturbing to me, really. Um, I don't know. Hmm. It's it's an interesting, really interesting topic, and and something I've looked at in this area because I've always joked that you have either worked, and this is not just in kitchens, all all around. You've either worked for Harry and David or the Jacksonville Inn. You know, I've met like mm-hmm. hundreds of people. They're like, oh, I used to work there. You're like, oh my gosh, everybody yeah. has. Everybody worked there, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, you're at Callahan's now. Are you happy? Um, it's a real test. It's a real test for me. It's another, it's very similar to when I opened up my own restaurant. Um, there's many, many challenges. Uh, it's different because it's not my restaurant and it's already has some processes in place. So it's like rebuilding those and, and you're kind of, which I think is really hard changing directions midstream, Mm -hmm. you know? So here you are and you're kind of trying to shift it. So it's, it's got some real challenges. And you want to be careful too, because probably there's certain people who have worked there. You don't want to step on toes, right? Mm. Or you you don't care. Mm. I mean, I want to be gentle. I want to be as gentle as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. Uh, 10 years ago, I would just smash your toe and Mm -hmm. rather than that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I'm, you know, I'm getting older. I won't admit that or whatever it may be. Just wiser, not older. Um, No, you're Peter Pan. Hey. Peter Pan. Forever seven. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I try to be as gentle as possible. At the same time, we do need to to change some of the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. The standard. I follow you on Instagram, and I think there was one, maybe it was the pantry or something, and you were in there organizing and doing this and doing that and just kind of taking charge and changing things. One of the things that when I was at Harry and David and I did a demo uh, to a class, I said that the, the key thing to being a chef is being organized because then you have the time, because things are always going awry, and if you're not organized, and you really can't do your best to correct those things. So you need to be organized and, and efficient. And something I, I have a million analogies and a million things I remember. And one of the things I remember was Bill Belichick, when they asked him about the Patriots and why they were always winning. And he's like, because we prepare for the unexpected. Mm. And I think that's genius. It's key. Because obviously we're preparing for what we know. I'm going to meet you this morning. I'm yep. going to drink a ton of coffee. This is going to be great. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this is not great. And I'm going to pass out here. Plan B out. needs Don't to happen. Don't pass out. No, you, you've, we've both done good with all this caffeine. Right? Yeah. Um, what do you enjoy cooking the most? Because I, you can pretty much do anything. Uh, I'm going to say. Thanks, Trish. No, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> Again, I follow you on Instagram. So I've seen what, what you can do. And it's. You know, you're making stock or sushi or gogiers. I mean, you can literally, you can do anything. So what do you we really... We all can, uh, first of all, I think. What do you enjoy cooking the most? But it's really tough for me to say because I like so much of it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing mm-hmm. so much of it. You'd see me doing one thing. And again, maybe that's that never content or mm-hmm. always searching. Um, you know, do we have... Do we just eat pizza every night? I love pizza, and I can almost eat it every night. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, tonight I feel like a burrito, or I feel like sushi. I like to mix it up. And so that's the same for cooking. Um, What I realize, I really like the little tasks. You know, I like picking herbs. I like grinding spice. I like kind of the fundamentals of all of it. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is like, it's just kind of soothing or something. Like, there's just something humble and soothing and and uh, back to basics. So I kind of like that. What's the biggest mistake you think most chefs or home cooks or they don't cooks do in that? Jail? What I just said. You know, I, I've had. I won't mention any names, but you know who you are. Where I've said to cooks, learn to walk before you fly. 
And because of the food I've done, everybody's like, that's amazing. Okay, let's make a foam. Let's do this. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, why? Why do you want to do that? Why are we doing this? There's a reason. Method to the madness, mm -hmm. right? Albert, mm -hmm. you taught me. You know, there's a method to the madness, not just do it to do it. And so um, I think that's important. You know, it's just uh, learning the basics, learning technique and, and flavors and, and building on those. If we, uh, if anyone goes to Callahan's this week, we can eat your food? Uh, it's not quite there. Okay. Um, it's on the way, like the stocks and different things. Like I said, with the Jacksonville Inn, I'm doing the same thing where I'm just trying to make the integrity of the menu stronger and maybe some things presented a little differently. But all in all, it's not my food yet. We just don't have the team or the mm -hmm. expertise or the tools or anything really in place. So I'm trying to just, like I said just the other day there, get the infrastructure in place, get things cleaned up, get mm -hmm. everything ready, like a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Like the flying saucer. We're, the bones. We're, the bones we're building be good. the bones. We're mm -hmm. building the ship, and soon we will go to the moon. Nice. That's good. That's yeah. real good. I would encourage people to follow you on Instagram. If you, <laughs> if you want to stay hungry, follow Tim. <laughs> you're on Instagram. You're Tim.Keller? Uh, what is that little slash down slash? Oh, it's under underscore. Underscore. Tim there underscore Keller? Yeah. I okay. Think that's right. Yeah. Isn't there another, like... Thomas Keller. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And that was, uh, that was the marketing gal, uh, Rhonda Klug, at um, Harry and David, mm -hmm. who suggested that. She's like, oh, make it. It's just like Thomas Keller. So, you know, I always want to sell books. It's right next to Thomas Keller's, and Grandma buys it by mistake. You know? Like, Perfect. Oh, oh, sorry, it's not Thomas's, but hopefully it's okay. And he's known for, like, fried chicken. Like, he has this super famous <laughs> fried chicken, right? I'm fairly uh, certain. He's he, known for... He's, he's Texan, right? No? I don't think so. Am I I think the main thing is, uh, like many people would know, is Ratatouille. Like, he was one of the chefs, you know, the movie Ratatouille. Uh, yeah. It was kind of inspired by, not inspired, but they they asked Thomas Keller to reference and make sure they get it right. He, Bouchon restaurants, French Laundry, mm -hmm. all those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he built an empire. Mm -hmm. And what I think is amazing about that is he's not there. He's not present at some of these restaurants, but they're to the T with perfection. Mm. And that to me is like, how do you how do you master that? Right. How do you inspire a team of hundreds to perform exactly as you would? That's a goal. That's the goal for me. And I just realized who I am thinking about with the Texas chef, and so we won't even go there. It's not <laughs> it's not Thomas Keller, but um, I didn't realize That's Colonel that, Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize Ratatouille that that connection. I didn't didn't realize that. Yeah, you've seen Ratatouille, right? Oh, one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I I am Ratatouille. Yeah. What's what was his name? What was the main rat's name? I don't know. This is why I need my phone. Is it down not here. Ratatouille? I don't know. No, that's not the that's not the rat's name. I don't know. Yeah, he calls him Little Chef, but yeah. he has a name. It's going to come to me at a okay. weird time, and right. now it's going to bother me that I can't think you of the rest name. You later when you get it. I will. <laughs> I will. Um, we're going to wrap up. You've been so much fun. Thank you. I did not realize you were such a character. You're just very, as fun as the pot king? You're very, you're, very, <laughs> you're very theatrical. I'm throwing pins. Like, you're just out there. I'm a little out there. It's good. Okay, good. It's good. Your energy is very contagious. Thank you. Um, final three. Well. Thank you. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Be yourself. Be yourself. Do and that's really hard, right? Because we're always challenged with who we are. You know, we feel like we should do this or we should do that or we shouldn't do this. We, you know, just, just let it be. Just let it be. Like, I think we're all a lot happier if we're not worrying about mm -hmm. what happened, what's going to happen. Like, we're right here. You and I, we're right here. We're slightly sick off caffeine, but it's it's good, you know, and it's, that's it, all of us. Do you remember who gave you that advice? I have no idea. I probably just made it up to myself. It's good. But, it's know, good. It works. Trying to listen. Um, Remy was his name. Remy, which was Albert's son's name. Really? Yeah. No, Remy. Remy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really gullible, so you'll get me every time with stuff like that. Was it really his? Yeah, mm -hmm. because it's a cognac, right? It's a, it's a French 
Cognac, Remy. Did not know that. Remy Martin. You're teaching me some fun things today. Huh? So Thanks. go have a glass of Remy later. I will. Uh, if you ever left this place, Southern Oregon, what would you miss the most? What would bring you back here? You know, uh, the people, really. I mean, it's two things I really learned when I moved here were the people were just more relaxed, more kind as a whole, definitely from San Francisco, where, again, it's that rat race, right? Everybody's just climbing over each other to succeed, basically, or get space or whatever they're after. And here, it's a little slower. It's a little like, hey, let's enjoy the beautiful. I mean, we have gorgeous sunrises and gorgeous sunsets. Dan Marcus sends me pictures of the sunrise all the time because his view is amazing. It's phenomenal. And he knows that I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's those, it's those moments in sharing with people um, that's really that, okay, that one, as well as the produce. So when I moved here, which I'm from Davis, where produce is, is pretty phenomenal too, and I came here, I'm like, okay, I've never seen thyme like this. I've never seen parsley like this. And so suddenly it was really inspiring as a chef to have these ingredients. Mm -hmm. So key to this area. Do you ever go grocery shopping and you just get really excited about mushrooms? People hate going to the grocery store with me. Why? Because I just look at everything. Oh, look at this. That's oh, what is this? Oh, what, what's in this? I love going to the grocery store. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And especially kind of the, you know, the not smaller boutique grocery stores, but, you know, especially like specialty food shops. I just love learning and seeing different things. And yeah, yeah it's there's, fun. there's a lot of deliciousness out there. There really is. Um, speaking of final meal, huh. final drink, mm. final drink. I'm going to go with water. Yeah, because I love I love water. Water's delicious. Uh, I would drink so much water. I, I grew up in Davis, right? Mm -hmm. Super hot. I play basketball out in the sun all day or tennis, and I just love a glass of water. I mean, where it's just pouring down your face. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just like, ah, you know, you can't drink it fast enough. We have good water here, too. We have great water here. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really my drink of choice, honestly. Um, and food, my... Even though I've been off and on vegetarian uh, in the last few years, I just really have a love for duck confit. And so I would probably want to taste that just one last time. With a glass of water. Was. With a glass of water. That's so simple. That's very. That's me. I'm a simple man. It's very, it's very <laughs> classic and simple. Okay. Tim Keller, thank you for doing this. You're welcome. It was a lot of My fun. Pleasure. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the video version can be found on YouTube and at ktvl.com. Just click on Features and then look for Off Script. One more time, Tim Keller, you've been a blast. High five, lady. Woohoo!